What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Uh, pretty good week for Duke. Had our ACC opener, defeats Boston College, 75-59 to in Cameron. Then we traveled to Duke North up at, up in the Garden. Um, got a nice little dub there against Iowa, 74-62. So we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about both of those wins. Um, as always, though, we'll start by just kind of doing some player spotlights across the week. I guess I'll start first this time. Um, I'm going back to my guy, you know, Proctor here. Not a huge statistical week from him, but really solid. I think schematically we saw a lot of good things from him. He finishes the week with 17 points, six assists, zero turnovers, and a pretty even split across both games. He was kind of around that like seven or eight, three or four assists. Um, the trend of the upward trajectory of him is his offensive rating against the last three games. If we go back to OSU is 140, 150, 134, which is really good. I mean, that's like outstanding of where we want him to be. Um, and I think it speaks to some, like he just had a really, really tough start. I think his first two games, he was like, Oh, for 12 or something like that. So he's having to make up on the percentage part. So I don't really want to look too much into that because it's going to get skewed for him. Um, but I think we've seen in these last three games more of what he can do on ball. I mean, the ability to drive, to get to spots, to find teammates, especially open threes. Like he is really good at locating like corner shooters. Um, so I'll spot I'll spot like Proctor. I thought in the Iowa game, he was on pace to maybe have like a really big game there. The first like five minutes, it looked like he was just getting to whatever spot he wanted to. And that's across the board. We'll talk about that. But off the bounce, getting to the mid range, getting to the rim, finding guys on the roll. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll give a give a shout out to our to our Aussie. Um, and I guess I'll toss it to Raul, who you got for this week. Well, just like you keep sticking with Proctor, I'm going to stick with <laughs> Mitchell. Um, I believe Shu had him on our last episode, or maybe it was the one before that, but he asked for more consistency from him. Yep. And what more could you want than shooting 80%? So his splits this week were 80, 67, 75. Also, I want to kind of point out his defense um, on Chris Murray was obviously critical in the win over Iowa. Chris Murray was by far Iowa's best player. And the key to winning that game was shutting him down. And he and Whitehead did a great job on him uh, oh, to the man. point where he looked rattled. He had two air balls, <laughs> missed two free throws. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was going to ask you guys, do you think it was the Iowa game was his best game overall, given the opponent, given the defense he played and given his offense? And the setting. I mean, big time game in Madison Square Garden. That's your first time in there. Uh, yeah. Big marbles, waves. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's like by far his best game. When you're talking yeah. about the defensive assignment, what he's being asked to do, um, and then what he's doing offensively, he never plays outside of himself. That one shot, was that, and that might have been BC. I think it was Iowa, though, that mid range where he's like yeah. trying to get fouled, like whatever. That was yeah. great. But everything else was like flawless. I mean, just what he did against Murray and it wasn't just him, obviously that's team defense, but he's keeping him off the glass. He's forcing him into tough shots. Like if, 
if you didn't know who Chris Murray was and you watched that game, you still wouldn't know who he was mm-hmm. because he just just it was a ghost out there for the most part of the game. Um, and and a thought, little a little bit of that was kind of luck for us, I think. Too, I mean, he airballed one of those shots. I think Roach was guarding him actually when he airballed that first little. There was one that was wide open. Um, he, and then wide open then three he, that he airballed. I think he got blocked by Jacob, but he got oh, the ball okay. back. He got his own rebound oh, right. and laid it in from the three point line. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm pretty sure the 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 only points he scored was re- like really when Jacob was guarding him, and Jacob's probably given up up, you know, a little bit to him size wise. Uh, yeah. Forty forty pounds probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jacob's pretty skinny this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. the other thing I noticed was just how much more relentless he was at going to the rim. Like that's the reason he shot eighty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Besides those two corner threes he hit um, against BC, the vast majority of his shots were, you know, dunks or layups. Yeah. And we had seen that from him very early in the year, and he'd kind of gotten away from that for some reason. Does, so to see him kind of go back to that aggression attacking was really big. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he had a nice drive, like right-handed drive from the left wing, and then he spins back left, easy layup. Yeah. Um, yeah. And going back to you, Josh, uh, I don't know if you got to know this Proctor. He likes to do that thing where he's, you know, getting ahead of steam going to the basket and he, and he does the, uh, the pretty much like the, you, you jump one step early instead of jumping off. If you're right-handed, you jump off your left foot to go up with a right-hand layup. He jumps off his right foot and scoops it right-handed, like try to catch somebody off guard. He's really good at that too. Yeah. Yeah. He is good at that. Um, and his, his layup package is, is kind of unique a little bit too, where he's, it's almost like, a little bit of like early Curry and not so much in the flash, but of how like Curry can let go of the ball like so, so quickly underneath the rim, right? Sometimes yeah. Proctor can do that like way out and you're like, oh God, that's going to come off the backboard hard, but it's soft. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, he's soft. He, yeah, I've seen him do it on a fast break where, yeah, he just kind of goes out and you're like, oh, yeah, that's I mean, coming Goldwater back to mid-court. Does that. Yeah. Court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess this is a similar, but it reminds me of Steve Nash actually with that kind of scoop shot yeah. that Nash would that's do a, once he got in the lane. Yeah, and, and and speaking of Goldwire, did you guys notice when Flip got the uh, the breakaway dunk that Lively jumped as Flip oh, was dunking did, it? Did the Goldwire? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is awesome. It's like yeah. a seven foot Jordan out there. <laughs> nice, nice. A little bit disappointing dunk, though. To be honest, yeah, with you. I mean, for yeah. that wide open, but whatever. Gotta put know. a little more flair on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I give it a, I give it a seven. Yeah, it was functional. Yeah. yeah, it worked. Two points, you know. Yeah. But all right, Shu, well, who you got? Well, uh, I mean, I'm going to go with the captain. You yeah, know, captain in in the garden, uh, coming out there with four freshmen starting with you and just you know leading the way right off the bat. Uh, I think he, he started the game with that little pump fake, gets his guy going, scoops it up underneath him for a layup, and then from there on, he's getting pretty much any jump shot he wanted, uh, getting into the lane. Hitting those mid-range shots, and I don't know if you guys remember his freshman year, but it seemed like he he liked that mid-range shot, just didn't. I don't remember the stats, but I think we talked about it one time. It was not very good for him. I think it was mm-hmm. like you know 30, 30 or forty percent from that fifteen seventeen foot, um, or or worse than that. So um, he he's got a he, lot of arc on that mid-range too. If you've seen that, it's it's a high shot. You know? But now he's just confident with it. I think yeah. you yep. know the first year you worried about somebody coming around and blocking you. Now he just knows I'm getting to the spot, elevating and knocking it down, and it's buttery soft too. A lot of times, it's um, always when he's coming off that high ball screen. Yeah, it's one of our best plays. Yeah, especially like in crunch time when we need a basket and we just have to generate something out of nothing. 
just putting him up the top there and getting him to come into the middle. Yeah. And yeah. take that shot. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, 22 points in the garden. I think that, that ties his career high. Um, he had 22 against Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech his freshman year. And I believe 19 was a season high last year. So, um, and, and he could have had more, to be honest with you. There was, I know there was one that I think they could have been a goaltending call. I think he got blocked right at the backboard. And then I know he had another scoop play up that, that same thing up with Proctor. Dude. Where two, he went two off that toilet bowl, yeah, yeah, yeah toilet bowl yeah. on him. Yeah. Well, one of them that he went up right foot, right hand. It looked like the the guy kind of undercut him a little bit too. I thought thought he got bodied a little bit, but whatever. Yeah, um, you know, twenty two, good game. We win, control it the whole time. So shouts to the captain. Yeah, and I was gonna kind of spotlight him in a little bit anyway, but I think now is just a good enough time as any to talk about it. Um, one thing that he's really added to the bag these this last week is the ability for him to create space for himself on threes, and he's still tr- learning it a little bit. You can tell that he's kind of implementing this because sometimes he'll have the space and then create less space for himself, but he's yeah. he made them against Iowa. Yeah. But you could tell though, BC he makes two shots, both of them threes, but both of them are like. These little like probe where he almost goes to step in, he does the step back three, or he does the little fake pass, pulls it back, squares up. He did it against Iowa too. The one he did against BC fooled the the camera guy. Yeah, you see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see it pan. And say, oh, yeah, look. that was the little Dunleavy fake pass, and then he sidestep. You know, shot. Yeah, the, the he's shooting with a ton of confidence right yeah. now too on those shots, and that's that's the tournament roach that we saw where he was just able to come off a ball screen or just just get right into his shot. Um, so yeah, shouts shouts to Roach. He's he's our big shot guy. Yeah, right now for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we've cool. had this debate about like who's our alpha and whatnot. Um, do you think it, you know, right now it's been when, when you need a shot late in the shot clock, it's been Jeremy. Do you think we continue that? He's the guy I trust the most in that situation to go get it. Um, can score all, well, can score all three levels, but really good from three and that, that mid range shot that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he's so quick to be able to get into the lane. There's not many guys that are going to be able to stay in front of him. So as long as he makes good decisions. Yeah. And now he's learned that he doesn't have to get all the way to the basket. Right. Like right. That's, early on, it was like, all right, I'm in the lane. Let me get all the way here. And, and look, no offense to Jeremy. He's not a very big guy. Right. So, you know, when you're going in there amongst trees, it's, it's hard to finish around those guys a lot of times. Yeah. So. yeah. So yeah. Shout out to Jeremy. Um, well, let's talk a little bit. I mean, you know, as we kind of do these multiple games, I don't, we don't really like to go in and break them down game by game. Um, but across the week, just let's talk a little bit about the ball movement and the spacing. So we have 32 assists across both of these games. Um, so the ball movement's improvement, ball movement's getting there. We had talked a few pods ago about how that we had lost that for a little bit. Um, but I think the biggest part of that, and they go hand in hand, is the improved spacing. And we haven't changed anything like personnel wise, but I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but I was watching BC, I was watching Iowa. It really stands out if you hone in on Mark Mitchell as a guy that does this, but Proctor will do it too. Of If they're on the perimeter and they're coming off either a dribble handoff or um, coming off a screen, we've started cutting really hard to the rim and then rolling yeah. back out, which is creating kind of this organic, it's not so much space, but it's creating defensive movement, which has allowed us to do some kind of, um, we've loaded up the weak side a little bit. Mitchell's come from that other weak side on that young pass where he had that easy, nice little dunk, or maybe Filipowski gave him that, but I think it might've been Ryan Young that found him. 
Um, but we've done that a lot recently. Yeah. Even Derek Whitehead's came in a few times and he does it. We've kind of circled in and out of the the kind of the the circle there a little bit. Um I don't did, have y'all picked up on that? That seems that intentional that like, hey, we gotta find a way to create a little more space. We gotta find a way to make the defense move a little bit more. If we're gonna play big, at least to me, that's positive that we're at least trying to manufacture some of this stuff. I'll just kind of toss it around. Shu, did you notice any of that? Or what were you seeing in terms of, I guess, the ball movement and spacing? Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're on it. Like, it's more like cutting with a purpose now instead of just be cutting to be cutting. Like, cutting and really looking to, to be a threat to catch that ball and lay it up. And if not, then, like you said, just filtering out and keeping the defense moving. And like you said, we've... We've read some like misdirection, you know, load up one side and then next thing you know, Lively has already set two, two screens up top and now he's rolling to the basket and we're hitting him for a lob and, and actually throwing a good pass and finishing him. Yep. Uh, that BC game, he, you know, if you, if you just watch the condensed game or the, the every bucket, you'd think he was going for 60 points because first two minutes he's just catching lobs and I think he even had the, uh, the Mason Plumley reverse dunk in that game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you can tell, too, that like we're still figuring out how we're going to do it, because sometimes we'll load up over there on that left side, especially against I want to say it was Iowa. Young comes up and he's trying to set a screen, but Roach is just wanting to give him to get the ball back. And he's trying to tell him, like, hey, like this is what we're trying to do. Right. Like we're about to manufacture this over here because we're loading up that corner. Um, We've either we've had Dariq over there. We've had Mitchell there or um grandison over there and then we've had a ball handler set a screen and another guy come around and cut and so you can either we found mitchell on a few of those and he was able to get to the rim that nice little hop step finish left hand um but also it's a good decoy too because we've used it a lot of times to hit like the trailer or to go back to that corner um so to me i will you know that's just kind of the geeky nerdy part of the game that it's easy to miss unless you're really looking for this stuff but i think it's a it's definitely a nice kind of um, like stitch that we've added to the offense a little bit. It's it actually looks more like a motion offense because guys are moving and cutting. So, um, you well, know, anytime we can get more of that, it makes you wonder. Like, because um, I tend to dismiss some of that coach speak of like, you know, oh, we've had you know four games in nine days or whatever, right? Um, we haven't had time to practice, but uh, you know, maybe that's really what it was. Um, just that kind of intense schedule there didn't allow us to add new wrinkles to the offense and now we've had like a little bit of time and we'll even have more time over the next 10 days or so to implement new stuff yeah the other thing i was kind of wondering though is like is it a chicken and egg scenario where we're hitting a lot more of our threes so if you're hitting more threes you have more spacing which allows for more cutting um so it's like is is the cutting and good ball movement creating the open threes or the open threes creating the spacing. You know what I mean? Is this the Mitch Hedberg? Like, uh, is my belt or my belt loops doing the work? Like who's right, the yeah, exactly. here? <laughs> yeah. Saved exactly. by the buoyancy of citrus. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you're right. And I think it, it does kind of go hand because eventually if we're not knocking down any of those threes and they're going to stop falling for those, but even there, I think, again, I'm pretty sure it was against Iowa. Proctor hits a corner three. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, right before he does it, I think it's Mitchell or Filipowski. Someone's near him, and they cut hard to the basket, and we just swing it right over, and he shoots it with confidence. He makes it, which, you know, you got to make them. But um, we're creating a little bit of just read options, which is kind of nice. So you give guys like Roach and Proctor that ability to – 
to kind of make plays. Um, also, also, we have switched up the lineups a little bit where we're going a, a little bit more often with just the one big. It's often uh, young surrounded by four guards, which seems to be a pretty good lineup for us. Like just looking at the plus minus, we've gone on some nice runs when we've had that lineup in. Um, we saw a little bit of flip at the five in the BC game. Um, there, there seems to be a little bit more coherence. If you remember after uh, the Purdue loss, we were kind of complaining about that. There was kind of no coherence in the rotations that guys were just kind of coming in and out at random. Mm-hmm. And now it seems to have solidified a little bit more where I kind of know what to expect. Like we're going to have our starting lineup in there and then like maybe seven or eight minutes into the game, you're going to get um, the the four guards and Young or maybe Mitchell will still be in there. And it'll be three guards, Mitchell and Young. Um, and you just there seems to be a lot more um, intentionality to the way we're subbing now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Iowa was a little bit different because you just had a few guys that were kind of going off like Roach plays like 37 minutes, but you can't really take him out because he's just in control of the game. And Lively's foul trouble too. Lively's in foul trouble. Um, You know, Young, we can say what we want to about him, but dude comes in and gets a, gets eleven rebounds for us. So like that, you can't really take three, him three out. Three blocks, I think. Too. Derek yeah. has his best game probably. Um, so you know he's commanding a little bit more minutes. But you know, Grandison and Blake's didn't play a ton, a ton in that game, but they're still at twelve and nine respectively. So it's it's a consistently nine man rotation. Um, Jake had probably the most wide open three pointer I think he's probably ever got. To I sh- mean, he sat there, uh-huh. cooked a meal, and looked over at Roach. And Roach <laughs> so was like, I mean, like, you gonna go or what? You know? <laughs> I don't think he's hit one from the. Has he made one from the top of the key this year? Besides that one, I don't know if he's taken a ton. He hasn't taken no, a lot from there. But he's taken those wing threes that haven't yeah. been super great yeah. for him. But, but I don't. I don't recall him making a top of the key three. But this one, I mean. You could have punted that one up there. Nobody yeah. came at him. That one has to go. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. Iowa had some questionable defensive possessions, to my mind. Like, yeah. was not very impressed with the way they played defense. That's putting it. They had about 40 Mildly. minutes worth to me. Yeah. I mean, it looked like, honestly, I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like, man, we should beat these dudes by 30. Yeah. Uh, because every single person on our team could get to the rim whenever they wanted to. Dariq's beating his guy. Roach is beating his guy. Proctor's beating his guy. Mitchell's beating his guy with two bigs out there. So it's like, they couldn't stay in front of us. I mean, do, it's a bad do, day for the McCaffrey's. Do we want to get into the that like last four minutes of the first half kind of thing? I don't know <laughs> if you guys... The where we laid the egg or what? Yeah, basically, like, I mean, we were up. What was it? Uh, thirty six to twenty four. Mm-hmm. When when Roach hit a three with three forty eight, and then we don't score a field goal. I think we had Flip made one free throw. Um, and then that that last that very last play that, that I don't know if you guys remember what happened. Flip shooting a free throw, he misses it. It's like front six end, seconds. right? Misses the front end. Front end, six seconds left, and. We're we've only got five five fouls. So guy gets in front of Whitehead. He's basically now it's five on four because Whitehead's trailing the play. And I don't know why he didn't just foul him, because then the guy gets into the lane, dumps it off to Young's guy who scores a layup right at the buzzer. And then you can see Ryan Young turn it to Reek and like foul him. Like we've got five seconds, foul him. They gotta take the ball out. They gotta set something up with with us with a set defense now. Like just kind of that's freshman mistake. So, you know, yep. 
But it's a trend, and that's I had it on our outline too. We can go ahead and talk about the bad now, but it's we haven't really been able to create separation a whole lot. You know, we get up, we're about like two or three possessions um, with multiple opportunities against. I mean, even in games we won, Xavier, Ohio State, Iowa, we get up, and then it's like we can't just get that like knockout punch, right? We yeah. can't get that like spur to go up like 18, 19, 20, 22 and just blow the doors off of somebody. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's like an end of the half thing particularly um because it seems like it's just happened for random stretches really of just cold play you know um some of them have been at the end of the half but i i think that that's probably more random than not it's probably just says something about our offense's tendency to bog down um yeah. you know we have a good but not great offense what is it like in the 20s or something or i think it's down 18? to 16 now okay so yeah, yeah, so but, so so a good offense for sure, but not what we're used to as Duke fans. You know, under Coach K, you could reliably kind of bank a top ten offense, and so you know, I think part of that's kind of personnel related. Um, we just don't have that, you know, really amazing kind of one on one player. So there's times when our passing and our plays might just kind of get shut down by the defense or bogged down for whatever other reason. And we don't have that fallback. And it just seems to like compound though, right? right? Like when we're, when we're going through it, it's like, we, of course we missed the front end. And of course they come down and hit a three or they yeah. get the way up and then we turn it over. And then something other, like something else that we miss a bunny at the rim or it, it just seems to pile. I know Shire was pretty pissed when like they were doing the halftime interview with him. Right. And he was wanting to get back to the locker room to say some words, I think. Um, but I, I will say we've done a good job with our response besides the Kansas oh, yeah. game where we kind yeah. of melted down. Um, we, we'll get up by like 10 or 15. They'll cut it down to six and then somebody always hits a big shot or we'll call a timeout and we'll execute an out of bounds play perfectly. Like uh, late against BC there, I think, you know, that we weren't in danger of losing, but they'd cut it to like 12 or something. Um, and then that's when we went to Mark Mitchell for that corner three. And it was clearly a drawn up play. Yeah. And then, you know, come down again um, and find Mitchell in the exact same place. He hits it again, come down again, find Mitchell. But this time he cuts and he dunks it and suddenly it's 21 points again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The responses have been nice. Um, I, I think that I think you're right. I think some of it is just not having a takeover guy. So all of it is manufactured, like kind of, you know, who's hot or like through that, through the offense, which is, it's been fun to watch that way. You know, it's a refreshing kind of brand of basketball that we're playing. Um, I think in the second half, especially towards the last, like towards the end of the game, we've really went into like, not so much of our stall, but into this, like, don't lose offense, this don't lose kind of game plan. And, you know, I'm I'm a fan of stall ball because it, it's worked way more than it's not the best thing to watch. But I mean, if you look up K's record, we've played stall ball a lot. It won us a lot of games. Now, if you're looking now, if you're a David Becker and you're trying to, you know, hit the spread, it's not <laughs> your best friend, right? But yeah. it does win us games. But I think for us with this team, though, we have went to it really, really early. It seems like oh like yeah, in the Iowa game, there were eight minutes left. I yeah, think and we're starts. just like taking the air out, and, and we're, we're only up what fifteen. It's probably a little bit early if you, if you're only up fifteen with eight minutes left. Yeah, 
Yeah. And we almost let it kind of bite us because Iowa started to kind of really get some momentum. Their guys were starting, like McCaffrey was getting really kind of demonstrative. Like they were go, they were ready to come and take this back. And if there was more time left, maybe they would have. But, you know, I do think it, it is a little systemic of like we, we went into that kind of stall a little bit earlier. Um, and we just haven't really executed super great at the like end of shot clock in that offense. You know, it just we haven't really been able to get into it. And I think that comes back to what you're saying, Raul, is just not having that guy. It's hard to run sets when you're sitting there with 20 seconds and you're like, OK, I'm going to wait for it to get the 12 or 10. And then we're going to get into this motion that's designed to get the best shot we can get. It's hard to do that in 10 seconds. Right. It's hard to get there versus if you have a guy. Like if you have a Paolo, like, okay, we're going to get to 12. We're going to run this little mini horn and then Paolo, you're going to just go and whatever happens, happens. We don't really have that yet. Um, I mean, we we do it with Roach, but like we're talking about a six foot tall guy, like we mentioned earlier versus Paolo at almost seven feet tall. Just the ability to execute on an ISO is obviously going to be higher if you're Paolo. We're talking about a dude who's averaging 23 points in the NBA right now. Right. And even with Roach, he's the kind of guy that can do that, but more so like on his own tempo, like right. on his, in his own rhythm when he gets going and he's just playing free and just not really thinking and instinctually doing it. But in terms of like that kind of being the set, it hasn't really worked super great for whatever reason. But, you know, we held off in one. I would have liked to beat Iowa by about 20, 25, because I thought that's how good we played and how bad we made them look. But I'll, I'll take the 12 point win. I'll take, the, but they were on pace probably for about 55 points. You know, it was, it could have been like a 81 55 or a 77 58 or something. You know, it could have gotten pretty ugly there. Um, yeah. So, so we held them to a season low. We've held uh, six of our 11 opponents to season lows already. Yeah. So, you know, like we were talking about it being refreshing to see, you know, ball movement, not so much ISO. It's also refreshing to say that defense is going to be the staple of the team and it actually be the staple of the team. Cause we've heard that before the last couple of years, right? Like, Oh, we're going to start on the defensive end. And by January, you're like, are we even playing defense? We're just outscoring people. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, that has kind of been a nice little staple that we wanted defense to kind of be our identity. And, um, it looks that way, you know, but I will say too that our defense looks a lot better to me these last couple of games because our offense has started to look better too, you know, and they just work hand in hand. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll continue to see that. The pace, obviously, we're still kind of playing kind of slow and that's probably, we've, we've started to play a little quicker, but it's still probably going to be a little bit slower than maybe we have we would have thought coming in. Um, but well, let's talk a little bit. We, we kind of hit on him a little bit, but let's talk about Dariq for a minute. I thought this was his best week. Um, had a really mm-hmm. solid two stretch of games there. Um, you know, I thought the Iowa game was his best game personally, just of what he was doing. It seemed yeah. to, he was able to get to his spots. He was actually getting to the rim off the bounce. Um, had a couple big, th- had a big three that he made early. I think that's when we, they had tied it at 11. Grandison hits that wide open one. Dorit comes over and hits another one right after that. Um, played some pretty good defense. Gets lost on a, on a few rotations, but that's going to happen. But for the most part, he I thought he was engaged. He played 21 minutes against Iowa, which is the most that he's played so far. Um, yeah, so, and, and he had Murray as an assignment uh, yep, when he was yep. in for the most part, and Murray didn't go off then. So, you know, I think he did his job for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's not... 
these last two games, what's been most impressive to me and probably why he's had his best games is he's not tried to hijack the offense. He's not tried to hunt his shots. We're not trying to force feed him. He's just kind of fitting in um, and getting getting his stuff organically, which has translated. You know, he goes three for seven against Iowa. That's not, you know, you're not breaking down the, the walls for that. But then I think against BC, he goes three for five. Um, so he's slowly starting to get up there to where we want. And you know, maybe this will be, we get a break coming up after Maryland Eastern Shore for 10 days, get a little bit healthier, get some practice, getting back going. But I think you can see the slow trajectory of him. If not entering the starting lineup, he's got, he's going to be a 25 to 28 minute per guy any pretty soon. That's just me. I don't know. Did y'all see anything else or she, what are you taking away from my head this week? Yeah. I mean, I just think you know, in the Iowa game, like you said, it came in the flow of the offense. Uh, I think one of those threes, we actually ran a, a, a set for him, mm-hmm. um, and he shot it with confidence, made it. Um, I'm thinking back to my preseason uh, prediction of him being our leading scorer, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but I can see him at least pumping it up a little bit more. He's getting more comfortable, at least. You can yeah. tell, and he's going to the – Going to the basket, I think he got the and one in the Iowa game. Going to the basket strong, so um, yeah, like do him keep improving on it. He's crashed the glass pretty well too. I thought. Um, I think yeah. Iowa had five or six rebounds. Yep. Um, he had three assists, I think, in both games, or at least two against BC. But he's moving the ball a little bit. In, um, in the BC game, he had a rebound where he skied up for the offensive rebound and yep. put it back up and in. Yep. Yeah, yep. I remember that one. That was off like I think a Filipowski three or somebody shot a three, and he just yeah. goes way up and gets. Oh, it, it was a, it was off a of Blake's Yolo three. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> pulled up in transition. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of a little bit of a rough week for for Blake's, but you know, mm. hopefully he'll yeah he can bounce back there too. Um, but his role is not really to when he, when he's scoring, it's just kind of a bonus for me, you know. So I don't think that really says a whole lot about him. I mean, he didn't he play has, a ton against Iowa. He has one of the highest plus minuses on the team, despite his terrible shooting splits. So clearly his value is not being generated from his scoring. It's yeah, from it, his defense and passing. Yeah. He had five assisting at BC. So there you go. And he and he comes in with that kamikaze squad, right? Like that yeah. that unit of him and Grandison and Young, and they just come in and, and oh, the yeah. BC all those game, guys play so hard. Yeah, they just come in and start, you know, ratcheting up the defense and and really kind of change the 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 dynamic of the game a lot of times. Yeah. yeah, and that's when we push the pace the most. I think we mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Shu, I think you said it before we started. I think we're kind of around that third of the way through the season. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. So based on where we're at now, you know, hopefully we're going to be able to wrap this thing up sitting at 10 and 2 in the non-conference. Is this where you thought you would where we would be? What are you seeing from us right now to kind of what's your feelers heading into to ACC high, low in the middle on the team? She ought to go to you first. Yeah, I mean, I, I went with a 10 and 2 non-conference prediction uh, earlier in one of the podcasts. How I thought we would beat Kansas, lose to Iowa. Uh, also thought we were going to lose to Gonzaga, which turned out to be Purdue. But either way, um as far as the ACC outlook goes, I'm a lot higher now, which even though media day, I did predict us to win. So I don't know how much higher you can be on thinking we're going to finish first already, <laughs> but the, the league's not very good other than there's three, four or five teams. Not to say that we can't get knocked off by a BC or, or not BC, but Georgia tech pit, which I guess we still play BC uh, up at their spot and mm-hmm. like, 
two weeks, three weeks yeah, or something. It's, yeah, it's not long. Yeah. It's always the weirdest thing that we play like Boston College twice before we've played anybody once. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't get that, but whatever. Yeah, I would say we're about where I wanted us to be. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed watching the team and I think they kind of have a a high floor, I would say, because this team plays really hard and we have good depth. So if somebody's kind of not getting it going, Shire has other lineups that he can kind of throw out for a different look. Um, but then the nice thing is like high floor, but I also feel like there's a lot of room for growth because mm-hmm. we've seen Lively and Whitehead really aren't at their potential. Proctor's been playing better, but I still think he's not at his potential yet either. Um, so you can see how this team could get much, much better. That kind of brings me to a question I was going to ask you guys, a little impromptu question. If you had to give Shire a letter grade so far, based on what you've seen, what would it be? Hmm. Like A through F. I don't think anybody's going to give him an F, but... No. Go ahead, Josh. If I had to give him a grade, um, I... Th- I think I would go B plus right now. Um, and to me, that's, that's a good grade. You know, that's not, I think oh, yeah. a, you have to do something, you know, this isn't like participation trophy type stuff. So oh, if we were it, undefeated, it would be like an A right, or an A plus, sure, but sure. Yeah. yeah. I think I would go B plus um, just because there's been some moments, you know, but I, what I would give him an A in is his, the response to certain things, right? Some of the adjustments that we've made, I thought he's been really good with that. Um but yeah, overall, you know, we talked a little bit about the stall ball stuff, a little bit about some weird kind of lineup combinations early. Um, I, mean, I think he's done a hell of a job, though, really, with what we've got. I mean, we're, we're super young. And like you said, we haven't even seen, have we seen the best of anyone yet? I don't know. Maybe Mark Mitchell over this last week, how much better are you getting than 80%, right? Like that. Obviously, that's you know where you want it to be, but I don't even know if we've seen the absolute best. Maybe Jeremy, he's he's shown us kind of some yeah. some stuff, but I mean, yeah. lively white um, whitehead, even Filipowski has been really good, but he still hasn't been efficient. And right. so I don't even know if we've seen the absolute best version of him. So when we throw that in there, well, we haven't seen the best of Grandison, you know. So we have this huge, I think, opportunity for growth. That has got me really excited because it just seems like we can really peak later on in the season. And and I think for me, and then I'll I'll give it to you, Shu, this last week and a half has done a lot in terms of kind of trajectory. Cause for a little bit there, I was like, where do we stack up against good teams? You know, we're one and two. We beat Xavier, who's pretty good, but Kansas got us, Purdue got us pretty handily. But then we respond and we beat Ohio State pretty easily. We beat Iowa pretty easily. Um, both really good teams. So that then says to me, okay, we belong. We're not a great team, but we're at least a good team, you know, because it's it's hard to tell when you're beating up USC Upstate and Delawares and, and those kind of teams of the world, right? So this last week, I think, is solidified, in my opinion, that, yeah, we're a top 15 squad. Yeah, I mean, I think that A minus B plus range is kind of where it's at. Um, you know, the aside from the like the 10 minute lull in the Purdue game where we just didn't score um I thought we've been been pretty consistent throughout the the season um I, I've enjoyed like we've talked about the the game planning the defensive uh scheme of just not you know not doing that K overplay not getting burnt I mean how many times have we been burnt by back doors and 
just, you know, torn up by one guy, you know, high ball screens all year. It hasn't happened, right? So it's been refreshing to see that and the ball movement, you know, the ball not sticking. And as we pointed out earlier in the year, how we thought there wouldn't be one guy averaging 19, it'd be three guys around 15. And you've got, that's kind of what we've seen so far throughout the year is just might be Jeremy's night tonight. Tomorrow night it's, it's Mark Mitchell's. Um, could be flips, you know, flips done it the most consistent, I would guess. Uh, he mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, eighth in the Ken Pomeroy player of the year ratings right now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a minus B plus. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit boring answer, but that's exactly where I had it in my mind. And I didn't want to kind of, uh, prejudice you guys by saying it in advance. So I just wanted to see what you guys would say, but I was thinking B plus like, you can't be mad about, um, you know, the nine and two record and you can't be mad about having three wins over, you know, top 50 opponents. And, and like you mentioned, those wins were fairly comfortable wins. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, I like that. I, I feel like we haven't had a, besides the last, you know, however many minutes it was versus Purdue, we have what I would change. call like a letdown performance. Like, I feel like we've really shown up to every game. You know, we even showed up to the Purdue game and got it close, and then it just well, yeah, melted down. That's the thing that we. There was a point in that game where we could have just folded and lost by mm-hmm. thirty, right? Yeah, and, and the, with a bunch of freshmen, uh, in in that environment, like I thought it was, you know, a, a nice sign to, that we fought back. And even though we didn't score over those last minutes, we still played good defense. We only allowed yeah. them to score. I think it was like twelve points over those last mm-hmm. ten minutes too. So, um, yeah. I think the D. If we're talking just defense, I'm giving him an A. Because we've sure. only allowed seventy points twice, right? Um, and so, and it, within that, we've also played the number one offense, and we gave up seventy five, and then we played the number two or three. Now they're the six, but and we gave up sixty two. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. This time last year, we had already given up eighty twice. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, and one of those was to the Citadel. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> but they hit twenty one threes. Is that what they set was? a record? Yeah, yeah. set a record. So. Yeah, we haven't had those games where our defense just looked completely helpless against inferior competition. You know, it's kind of weird that we're only in the 20s in Kempom and defense. You know, part of that is still a little bit of the baked in preseason. preseason. Yeah. Where we started like 48th or yeah. 42nd or something terrible. Yeah. yeah. But when and I watch had- this, to my eye, it looks like a top 10 defense. Have Have we had the just random guy go off on us yet? I don't think so, right? No, not really. And every... In every game that we've uh, tried to shut somebody down, with the exception of Edie, we've successfully done it. You know, and I don't think anybody's shutting down Edie. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good grades for Shire, you know, and the staff as, as a whole, you know, I think definitely the defense has been really impressive um, just schematically with what we're doing there. But well, uh, let me ask you guys a question. Could, could you have been told a couple of weeks ago that Ryan Young was going to be the fifth best offensive rebounder in the country and, th- and believed it. Well, I don't know that I would have believed a lot of things about Ryan young. <laughs> he's, he's showing up in like uh four out of the top five of our, uh, you know, best lineups, yep. which is surprising and almost in a way doesn't match the eye test. It gets but a it, lot of hate on Twitter. I know Josh isn't yeah. on there, but I'm sure you see it, Ro. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I, I think he plays hard. Um, obviously, he's rebounding the ball at a crazy rate, and he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't play outside. Other than 
the handful of times that he tries to like back somebody down but keep his pivot foot down and from like travels, 17 yeah. and then get to like two feet and you're like you know you dragged your foot the whole time right like <laughs> i think he thinks he can throw the refs off with all those head fakes they'll just be so distracted by that yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah i was i was kind of lighting him up a little bit there when he first came into the game mm-hmm. against iowa because it just seemed like he was getting picked on right like he got yeah. up like two or three buckets and then he had to but, turn over and but then he I really just wish turned he had it around like, yeah i wish yeah. he had like longer hair so the head fakes were like it's like a head banging yeah thing, you yeah know? yeah he's he got those nice uh flowing locks though yeah um i saw some pictures of him in a denim Shouts jacket his, yeah it's Shouts like a perfect pre-game. one for him <laughs> yeah <laughs> his pregames uh yeah legit yeah no no for sure and his offensive rating is like ridiculous oh yeah too. i, I mean, mean what what yeah what is he sh- his true shooting is probably like 75 70, or something yeah 70 percent <laughs> yeah 74 percent. yeah 70 percent effective field goal percentage so i mean yeah that's 66 in the country yeah yeah Palm, so, so it's no wonder that um some of our best lineups offensively involve him when you've got a guy who's just you know automatic at the bucket um, yeah and the free throws too, you know, he's oh, shooting yeah. 86% from the line and he's drawing a lot of contact down there yep. with those head fakes and stuff. So he's Plus really getting us extra opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he's a big part of why we've been as good as we have been, despite all the kind of like setbacks know, with lineup stuff and yeah. like guys coming off of injury. You just know what you're going to get when you throw him down there. And so, I mean, that's, there's a value to that. You know? Yeah. My, my only complaint with him is he's just, playing a few too many minutes yeah it's not about him it's about what he takes off the table right like i'd like to see more lineups with flip at the five or with lively and four guards you know i know lively somewhat limited by foul trouble often so that's on him to stop doing that but you know we did see some flip at the five minutes against bc and it actually went on a nice run and it was nice to see uh you know what Mitchell could look like at the four a little bit more, um, especially with a guy like Flip out there who could space the floor. So it's not about young. It's just about the fact that he has to be camped in the paint because he's not a shooter. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just, it's, it's more the fit with the other guys. You know, it's like it works okay with Flip, but you don't want to see him with Lively. Yeah, doesn't work great with Lively, but well, to your point though, Lively has to be able to stay on the floor. Now he gets a terrible whistle. That's part kind of sucks, but his fouling rate—I mean, per forty, he's averaging almost seven fouls a game, right? Which is like by far and away the most on the team. Um, the next one of the, closest guy is Young at four point seven. That's so. like freshman Zubek level. Yeah, yeah but one of the crappy things is he gets a lot when he's just going straight up. He, he bodies people, right? So, but he's going straight up, and that's that's the other drawback is he just continues to go straight up, and I think a lot of times people get M ones on him because he doesn't yeah. go for the ball, doesn't foul, really foul, you know, get your money's worth. Which and when he looks his best defensively is when he's not trying to cut the ball off, but position himself like right on their hip to just swat it. Yeah. Oh yeah, when, right, he, co- when come he comes in from behind, yeah, and just pin you there. I'd rather see him do that than slide over with his hands up. That's where yeah. he's getting a foul every time. Right? I don't know why. Why it's automatic. He must be doing something that they're seeing that I can't see because I'm seeing guys like collide into Flip or collide into Ryan Young and bounce off of them, and there's no call. When to my eyes, it clearly looks like a foul. And then I'm seeing Lively, and I'm seeing him go straight up. 
and very little contact and there's a whistle. Is it like, you know, I mentioned in a previous episode that he drops his arms a little bit, but barely. And against Iowa, I mean, a lot of those, he was yeah. just standing there just yeah. walling yeah. them off. And it's like, dude, that's, it's either a no call or like, you know, at least some of them, if, if some of those can be no calls, he'd be fine, yeah. but he's getting whistled for every single one of them. That's the tough part. How many blocks did he have against BC or was he credited for? Well, they took some away from him, but at one point in the first like eight minutes of the game, he had four credited for him. He finishes with three on the official box score, but it looked quite closer to five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I counted, I counted like five and then, and then in addition to that, like maybe three other deflections, you're like, okay, that probably wasn't a shot block, but he clearly bothered it. Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome against BC. I mean, in the minutes that he played, you know, he was mm-hmm. finishing those lobs, blocking shots. Um, Iowa, they kind of took him out of the game kind of early, yep. which really, you know, kind of set him back a little bit, but he still <laughs> rolled. Yeah. And I think that's just, it's going to be what you're going to get. You know, I've, I've listened to like GP and some of the national pods and stuff, and even some of our own fan. He's never been this offensive guy, right? Hmm. So it's like, that's just not who he's going to be. But we do need him to be elite defensively. And we haven't, we've seen it in spurts. Um, I mean, I think he should still be able to give us six or eight points, right? At minimum, just give him three dunks. Yeah, lobs Just off lobs and running hard, running the floor hard. Um, Well, we are hitting him as a roller more often. I think we mentioned that, but. But yeah, yeah, you can't really make an impact defensively if you're only playing 13 minutes or whatever he played against Iowa. Um, yeah. It's just, you need to be out there. He needs to be available. He doesn't need to be available for 40 minutes. Like bigs get in foul trouble. That's just kind of what happens with uh, you know a lot of them. But he needs to be able to play 25 a night regularly. Yeah. yeah. Or at least pick up the fouls in like a better way, <laughs> right? Instead of these just like standing there with your like pick it up just playing hard as hell or something i don't know like just they don't look good either that's part of yeah it. like uh going for a steal or something that would actually have a payoff um yeah. like shu mentioned like a lot of them have been and ones, and, ones. Yeah. and that's the worst possible outcome at that yeah. point just hammer the hell just out of the guy smack <laughs> him in the face yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but we'll see you know i mean i think it's just that we're gonna keep playing the depth and the way that this team plays i think that obviously he can be played better, but I, I think that role is probably just going to be his role of kind of what he's yep. doing now is kind of what I see him going forward. Um, to me, I think if anybody's looking to change roles, it's probably either Dariq or Mark Mitchell, mm-hmm. the two yep. guys that I see that could really carve out a bigger role or have a different kind of look for them in the offense, um, particularly Mitchell. And I think that's a little bit of my complaint with you. I'd like to see Mitchell at five, but I definitely would like to see more minutes of him at mm-hmm. the four, especially when you're seeing him drive like that. Like it's hindsight now, but what if when we were playing Purdue, if we were just like, all right, y'all got to sit for a second, Mark, you're going to be the five. We're going to have Grandison, Whitehead, Roach, Proctor, or Blakes, or whoever else you want to put out there with him. Just see if we can get Edie out of there, you know? Just see if we can get him doing something yeah, different, trouble, getting yeah. downhill. Um, Mitchell's really crafty at being able to drive when the space is there. And it, the other thing is, is he's not going to force it. So he's smart yeah. enough, too, when the lane yeah, is I don't think clogged. he's picked up a lot of charges no, this year, when, has he? When, yeah. Other than the Candace game when we had 15. But well, when yeah. the lane's clogged, he's not even driving, right? He just starts to hedge and sees that it's not there. And so he's just passing it up, which is smart but then also allows him some, some games to just get 
disappeared. Yeah. Completely taken out because yeah. he's always playing with those two bigs. That's what I don't understand. Young and four guards, and then we sub in Mitchell, Lively, and Flip all together again. And it's like, let's stagger that a little bit. But yeah. You know, obviously John has his reasons, and we're about to be hopefully oh. ten and two. So B plus, got to play. Yeah, B plus. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wonder if for that reason Mitchell can scale up as easily as somebody like Whitehead could, because it seems like it's not in Mitchell's nature to like really take or force. Like I don't even know what his season high is in shot attempts. Probably eight or something like that. That's um, right. So I wonder if, you know, Whitehead, as he gets going, can more be that guy because he's probably maybe a little bit more willing to take 12 or 15 shots in a given game. You know, clearly Flip is um, and Roach is too, but it seems like Mitchell's just not going to take a shot if it's not there. And that's a good thing, but it can also maybe limit your scoring. Like, you know, he keeps kind of his good games. He floats in that, um, you know, 14 to 17 point range. Yeah. Because he's only taking seven or eight shots. Now he's hyper efficient when he does have a good game, but yeah. And and he's the anti lively dude mm-hmm. never fouls ever, yep. right? Like he is, and he's playing good defense, but he's just doesn't, which yeah. is pretty impressive playing the three and not mm-hmm. ever foul. Now, some of it is we're able to funnel, right? Because you know, yep. you kind of got one or two guys back there. Um, but it's still pretty, I mean, he's sitting at like one, basically one foul committed per 40. And I just said live was almost a seven, you know, yeah. so he's like the antithesis of that, um, which is pretty wild. But and also his shooting numbers are like really good right now, which is the shot doesn't look like it would be that. But I mean, I think he's shooting what he's 77 from the free throw line, 43 percent from three, 56 percent from his twos. Yeah, it's pretty solid. <laughs> pretty solid. So, well, you know, with the three, he really only takes. um He's maybe taken like two or three wing threes, but he really only takes that uh, left corner three. Left corner, yeah. 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 It's like, he's just a guy who knows what he's good at. And yeah. I always really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, the IQ is definitely there. Um, and so, you know, I think if if we're talking about things that maybe we would like to see, or not so much like to see, but just interested in how John kind of continues to mold this team a little bit is how you maximize all these different guys. Um, and maybe some of it, if Lively is going to continue to be pretty foul prone, then that'll just fit, solve itself a little bit. Because if he's not as available, then obviously it does open it up to to go a little bit smaller to play some of these guys in different spots. But opens it up for forty minutes of Ryan Young, the coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loves he loves him some Young. So you know that's not going anywhere. But um, anything else from you all on on BC or Iowa or where we're at so far? Or maybe we'll get out of here on time. No, I'm just wondering if Saturday's game is going to be our last chance to see Jaden shoot and Christian Reeves for the for the year. Or, I mean, the ACC is bad. I would hope that we're beating Louisville bad enough that those guys can get some minutes. Yeah, part of I it mean, they it, need their teammates to help a little bit. That's that separation thing, right? Yeah. There's some of these times when we're like in that ten to twelve, if we can push it to twenty or twenty five, then those guys can get some burn. But well, aren't we projected to win by about thirty on yeah, Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, like 20, 79, 26, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess we'll, we can talk about them a little bit and then get out of here. So that is our final non conference game against Maryland Eastern Shore, and they are not good. You know, they, they're ranked 318 on Ken Palm. They're three and six, no real marquee wins. Virginia beat them by about 27. 
Um, that's probably about the only team that they've really played. Charlotte beat them by almost 40. Wow. You know, so that's, that's a 33 point loss to, to Charlotte in there. Shout out to the alma mater. But, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, I think Ken Palm has it 80 53 is what he's predicting. And so that seems about right based on how they play. They are dreadful offensively, like dreadful. Like there might be, how many D1 teams are there? I'm not sure, but there's 343. So there, Ooh, so. there's 15 teams that are worse than them. Um, yeah, so with our, those. Probably. <laughs> with our defense and, uh, and our pace, they might be lucky to crack 50. Trivia yeah. time. Name the 15 teams worse than East. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. They're all, they're all in the ACC. Bro, yeah. Roll's <laughs> like, oh, I love watching the 362nd ranked team. Well, but, and it, it bodes well for us too, because like their worst shooting is their two point percentage, right? Yeah. So they're, they're making like 40% of their twos, which is even worse than their actual offense. That's 357th, according to Ken Palm. Um, we've done a really good job protecting the rim, keeping guys out of our paint. And so I would imagine that to continue, I think it would take some sort of like massive, insanely massive letdown. And just for comparison, the Stephen F. Austin team that beat us a few years ago was ranked about 140 some spots higher than this team, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's not that. Um, and then they turned out to be even better than their ranking. I think by the end of the year, they were like yeah. 90 or something. At one point, I think they were like top 75, like mm-hmm. very, very briefly, and then they lost, right? And yeah. so, but um, yeah, what did so, Ken Palm, what did Ken Palm predict? Uh, for them to score like 50, 53. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we can hold them to forties. Yeah. I'm, I'm predicting 44. Okay. Ooh, 44. Okay. That's our, let's see our lowest. Will we held upstate to 38? Yeah. I think we can do it. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see them. Sub I mean, 40. upstate had a gunner too, that, that, uh, one yeah. of those kids, but we, Played him pretty solid. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the question. You know? I mean, 150 spots higher than them offensively. Yep. Too. So, you know, there's, okay. there's that going in. And we're I mean, not gonna, can we're we go to 30s? Slow, so. Do I got a 30s? Any takers? Any takers? I don't know if I would do <laughs> 30, but if the number was over under 45, I would take the under. Okay. But I don't think I'd go I'd go 30s um, just because we do kind of mail it in a little bit at the end of games, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you're going to get a lot of... Have, I mean, if of, this... Oh yeah, we're gonna give up like if Catchings we're up like and, forty, we're gonna give up twenty points in the last seven minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you have yep. like a catchings, uh, Spencer Hubbard, and yeah, uh, yeah. My prediction is that it's gonna be something like sixty-one to like twenty-eight with like seven or eight minutes to go, like eight nine minutes to go, and then it's gonna finish like seventy-seven to like forty-six or something stupid. <laughs> you know, like it will end up kind of milking it, but I think we'll just be. We'll I think be rolling them. Maybe Christian Reeves will get to keep uh boosting his per minute stats feels like whenever he does get in it's like an immediate block an immediate like dunk um <laughs> yeah um i feel like we always just, have one is he our justin robinson yeah we always have one bench in? guy like that who gets in and you're like is this guy the greatest player ever but he just doesn't get to play <laughs> yeah well yeah because his he has the highest offensive rating on the team yeah you know, which is doesn't mean a whole lot but and his and Lively's defense too. I mean, Reeves fouls a little bit in, in his yep. minutes, but yeah, I, I would expect to see all those guys shoot Reeves, catchings, Johns, get some minutes in, get everybody happy for the breaks and everybody home on a good note. Um, I want to see us try to get Whitehead going a little bit more. I mean, they yeah. mentioned it a few times on the broadcast. Um, probably 
it might have been the BC game actually about how Shire had talked about using the downtime to you know kind of integrate Whitehead more fully into the offense to have him ready for the ACC. So yeah. that's what I'd like to see. Like, let's deliberately run a few things for him. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a little bit more of, um, you know, try the dynamic between Roach and Proctor and figuring that out and more of the spacing stuff. And, you know, games like this are a great opportunity to kind of figure some of that stuff out. Um, we say this would, now, watch it be like, you know, a five point game with like, <laughs> if it's, 10 if it's left. that, that would be really concerning. <laughs> Even though I, I, I understand the whole like, you know, finals week and overlooking opponents, and, overlooking an opponent. I get that, but these guys are bad, yeah, yeah. bad. You know, they're, they're bad, bad. So, um, I know Oregon State kind of hung with this, but again, Oregon State 150 spots higher. Yeah. You know, that's a big <laughs> gap. A power five school, too. I mean, right. That's a big Pac 12 team. Not a, and Oregon State had some pretty decent sized dudes down there, kind of, you know, yep. bodying them with this whole bit. Just yeah. a, lot of, a lot of girth going on. Um, acreage, you know, acreage. had that 7 2 guy and that uh, the 6 9 guy. I can't even pronounce his name, but either way, um, I, I would expect us to handle business. Before we do get out of here, just want to kind of give a shout out to, well, just like a perfect week of basketball overall. Um, so, you know, we weren't going to mention it, but I'm going to mention it. Uh, Carolina, starting as a preseason number one team, dropped their fourth straight game. Yep. And then, are, you, are you giving the shout out to the universe? Is that what? Yeah, like shout the, out to the basketball to the, gods. To basketball guess, gods. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know they they give and take away, right? So yeah. something terrible probably happens soon. But uh, yeah, and then also we got New Orleans Pelicans as the number mm -hmm. one seed in the West. We've got the Boston Celtics as the number one seed in the East. So we've got Tatum and Zion as the best players on those teams so watching that unfold is kind of cool too so yeah just great outcomes across the board yeah aj griffin's been killing it oh, yeah. in atlanta and it just makes you think dude you do that eight months ago and we're national champions yeah. bro yeah That's just, like, just, just make two more threes <laughs> yeah in that one game yeah and we did that we so don't yeah, talk about the bar that wasn't hot, lot, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, well, but we don't talk about this a lot on here which we should i know last year we did like a duke in the nba pod so yep. maybe we should do that over this break because tatum right now is the lead, leading vote getter or projected yep. to get mvp um paolo is pretty i think far and away right now set up for rookie of the year i know matherin's kind of like a yeah. a hot take for the for the analytics guys but um yeah i mean we got some guys out there playing ball you know even shout out to Tyus the other night had a big night um you know and obviously i think one of the most interesting things is earlier in the year i was kind of talking about zion as my dark horse mvp and it he's coming around be yeah. that far off dude like they are playing some ball down there um first in the west so well they started putting the ball in his hands a lot more you know doing that point zion thing that mm -hmm. we saw a couple years ago and that's when the team's kind of really taken off yeah so yeah, i gotta give a to shot to alvarado i hated him at georgia tech but oh, man, yeah. he's he's so fun. fun so fun. is he yeah. okay i know he left the game last night or the i think he has night, a bruised so. rib so hopefully they can okay. get him back because they've got some tough games they're playing the suns three times yeah. within like a week but yeah seeing him uh lighted up the other night he's one yeah. of those guys who the crowd just loves and like he can get them going in a way that nobody else can 
So that's, yeah, that's why you hate him if he's not on well, your yeah, team. Well, yeah, I mean, but... remember when, when he was playing for Georgia, he's playing the oh, guitar yeah. on us. and Yeah. You know, he wasn't <laughs> well, doing that sneaking in the corner to steal the ball from you crap, but, you know. Right. Well, and their defense, too, right? Yeah. Like, the Pelicans were just have been horrible, like, the last, like, three years defensively. Yep. Um, and he Even, comes even Zion's trying now, too. Yeah, Zion's playing better. I think Alvarado's just contagious. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot oh, of he's, that. He's like, got to be one of the best teams. Like, I saw a clip on him uh, of him on Twitter where – one of the one of the rookies, maybe it wasn't a rookie, but you know, younger player was about to get his first double double. He just needed one more assist. And he come up to Zion's like, yo, give my man. I said, like, he's gonna <laughs> give you the ball, actually score it. You know, we can do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've also really enjoyed him too, after like absolutely hating him at Georgia Tag. So it's yeah. kind of funny how that that comes back around. But yeah, it's you know, Duke and the NBA is doing well. You know, I think we're putting so many guys out there now. So yep. it, it, we're bound to get a few, but it's nice to really see Zion play because it's been a few years, you know, that the, the noise had started to die down and he's showing us again that this guy could really be an MVP or top, top two, three player in the league. Um, uh, to, to your point, I'm going to try to get a national media guy on here. I was thinking around January or February kind of towards all-star break, talk about Duke and the NBA like we did last year with Ben Golliver. Someone yeah. on, on that level, you know, yeah. national guy who covers all the teams. Yeah, yeah, that would be good to have. Um, especially since we have, like we said, we have so many guys out there playing that, Yep. you know. Um, Could be a four-hour yeah. pod. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Four-part yeah. series. Prepare yourself. I mean – I think if I could get like a Pelican Celtics finals, that would just be oh, like yeah. Duke and yep. the NBA heaven right there. Yep. Um, no bad outcome with that one. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Speaking of Zion, I didn't for- forgot to mention that that Maryland Eastern Shore does have a kid named Zion. So way to bring it back around. <laughs> ne- you never know. You never know. But so, yeah, that, are there any ahead. free throw line dunk clips? Yeah, I was gonna say, how many followers does he have on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a few windmills, maybe. I don't know. Okay, no, over under two windmills for for Zion, <laughs> Cameron. But um, yeah, but after that, we do have the long way over, so we have the a ten day break, um, and then we'll start the ACC up. So at the end of December, so we'll come back on probably do a, a more formal ACC preview. I know we want to try to have John on um, Watson if he wants to. Wants to join, maybe we'll get Steve Clark. And at some point, we'll probably do a recruiting pod. I think things have kind of been in a little bit of a stale right now. Um, but that's that stuff starts to ramp up here in the spring. So we'll jump back on. And it's hard to do recruiting that. pods when you've already locked up your like next two recruiting we've, classes. We've already locked up the class. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do about that? But anything else from you all for when we'll get on out of here? No. Oh, Just good. Like I said, great week overall. Kind of looking yeah. forward to starting the rest of the ACC. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you know the deal. In the meantime, rate, review, subscribe. Email us at the Devil's Den Pod at gmail.com. Check us out on the boards, thedevilsden.com. Um, keep those faces strong in the verb high. Go do it.